Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. there our house is a mess y'all come on in welcome to fly on the wallen podcast the show about influencing and parenting and recording it all for the world to see i'm your neighborhood friendly black girl amber i'm ben you look cute thank you yeah uh, amber styled me made sure that we matched together we got the pink, the salmon. Mm, Amber loves herself a good salmon. By Amber Stout, he, he means our creative director, yes. Taylor. Yeah, yeah. And Taylor, keep doing the damn yeah, thing. Yeah. Yes, We're Taylor. looking better and better every single week with things that we already have in our closets. Um, so we love that. Uh, ben, okay, this is exciting. Is that, oh, I mean, yeah. uh, okay, here's the thing. This episode drops October 25th. October 25th. I think, yes. That is a day. On a Wednesday. Yep. We will be in New York City. Yes. We'll be basically kicking it, having a good old time, showing the world the city, uh, the city of my favorite state in the entire United States, New York. Absolutely fantastic. We'll be at New York City Winery. Tonight. We got a variety show tonight. We're there right now. Right now. Probably not right now because don't you like have this released at... 12 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a midnight drop. Yeah, it's a, mid- it's so a we midnight will not be drop. At New York City but we're Wiener. there, and guess what? You've already gotten your ticket. I'm going to predict the future right now. The show is already sold out because you Hell got yeah. your ticket in advance. It's been too late. So it's too late. You can check, but they're you, probably it's nothing. It's too late. There. It's going to be so funny if people are listening to this. They're like, bitch, it's still. <laughs> There's like 100 tickets, tickets left. <laughs> yes. You're fine. It's fine. But yes, I hope you are laughing to our show right now or preparing to meet us. And if you're not, you can pre order merch at www.amberwallen.com. Com. We will put all of the information in the episode oh, notes. Yeah. Um, before we get started with the show, I would love to read. I have one Apple podcast review that I would like to read to you. Yeah. Is heck, that cute? Listen, this is the start of the show. Reading the podcast reviews are just as much part of the show as us just talking crap about nothing. Yay. Okay. We got one beautiful five-star review from Me Ashy Monster. Me, Ashy Monster, writes, five stars. I've been a fan of this show since the sci-fi sci and before Amber got pregnant with WoW. Ooh, a real fan. I wasn't fortunate enough to listen to them before you changed the show up, but the change, the conversations, the guests, the laughs between you and Ben, I have never learned so much in relationships, friendships, and even parenting from anything I've ever done to become a proper parent and potential wife. You guys not only give the best advice by being your true, authentic selves, But the fun you have, the love you share, it lets me know true love and genuine people are still out there and I'm not alone. Amber, keep being the unapologetically loud, hilarious black woman you are. As a mixed Afro-Indigenous woman, you inspire me to be myself, to be loud, to be wild, spelled like our baby, and to not feel sorry for those who are intimidated by a strong woman. Ben, keep Amber on her toes. The element of mystery and surprise is a great way to keep your partner guessing. You remind me of my man. I never know what will come out of his mouth, but it's always hilarious. And some, if it's not some random fact, wild. Oh, I'm not done, baby. Wild. You have the best parents in the world. They do everything for you. The pregnancy journey your mom and dad went through. It was just as beautiful as you are. You don't know me, but I'm your auntie now. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for you, princess. I love you guys. Isn't that a beautiful review? That's fantastic. Save that one so that when Amber grows a little rebellious, we'll be like, hey, many people think we're great parents. Oh, when wild grows rebellious. Yeah. So are you calling her little Amber right now? Yeah, I, I've been calling her Little Amber for a little bit because she's she's got she's got some characteristics about you that aren't the best. Yeah, she's learned how to climb up on our coffee table, which uh, you recorded this morning. I and did. I'm tr- I'm trying my best to to use my words. She she's a toddler, but I'm tr- I'm trying to use my words and my stern black mama look. But I don't really know what to do past that. Like. And we are trying to, you know, we're trying to listen to <laughs> Melissa's advice of not parenting each other while we parent. So Ben kind of 
has my back, but kind of lets me try to do it, and I feel like I'm failing. We can no, we you're can, doing. We fine. can punt this to the I, imperfect parents. We segment, have to find but, um, replacement behavior. So she likes to climb, so we let her. We take her off that, and we give her some other thing to climb. There are these little climbing things that kids can have and create. Um, I would love at that point maybe that's a signal for us to take her out to the park. Uh, we, we do take her to gymnastics once a week. Yeah, we do. And so... Um, We're doing our best, but sometimes she's just got to get off that coffee table. Yeah, she does have to get with off. With her grubby little toes. But honestly, I... I Don't. I didn't have a problem with her being on the coffee I table. I know you didn't, which is why I'm like, back me up. Because she doesn't weigh a lot, and she's learning about gravity and climbing and developing important skills. So I think But every time okay. she climbs on the couch, she falls, and then she's crying... So and, and the couch learned. is nice and cushy. And she learned. She hasn't been learning, bit. She she literally will fall hurt herself and get climb right back on the You don't know that. Couch. Maybe she needs to fall thirty times, and maybe she's only fallen fifteen times. So we have to let her fall another fifteen times for her to properly learn. I don't think I'm r- wrong for not wanting my baby's messy little toes to climb all over my coffee table. I also think I'm not wrong to allowing my baby's messy little cute adorable toes that are not even dirty to climb over. <laughs> the coffee table. Okay, so we're we're hey, at listen, a standstill here. If it bothers you, I'll let you teach her the replacement behavior, and I'll support you in that. So you're saying it doesn't bother you that she's standing on the coffee table and could potentially fall on her herself? No, because it's a shortfall. What do y'all think? We will tag the video in the comments. Uh, we will tag the video in the episode notes. And y'all, back me up, y'all. Especially y'all black mamas out there. Back me up. This little girl does not need and, to be standing on my coffee table. And white, she people, can play. white people out there, back me up. You want white people to back you up? It just sounds different when you say it. It does sound terrible. <laughs> my people, back me up <laughs> against my black wife. They're going to have my back. Just wait. Just wait. You two, pull up. You two, li- gang, pull up for me, please. Anyway, uh, our first segment is not Imperfect Parent. Our first segment of the show is called Hashtag Influence, where we talk about what's going on in the internet, our life as influencers and creators. So uh, Ben makes our outline. So this week, category is Jesus Ween. Jesus Ween. What's going on with Jesus Ween? Why can't they just call it Fall Festival like they used to? Yeah, just every time on the internet around Halloween, I keep on seeing the viral Jesus Ween episode. sort of news report you can look it up it's very funny but basically a church decides decides to do jesus ween because they think halloween is the celebration of the devil and so mm-hmm. people will dress up as bible characters and go oh. to church yeah see at least they like follow the through line yeah i remember sure. the girl the, the the woman who dressed like dorothy, dorothy and the yeah. daughter and was like we're christians so we don't celebrate halloween but we do like to dress up and everybody's like For that's fun. halloween yeah, that's, that's the, what the rest of us are doing too yeah yeah, the idea that Halloween is a time that you, you know, burn Bibles and dance naked and have crazy sex and in, in sheep's blood under like a pentagram, that's not what like people do. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't celebrate what, So I'm curious, growing up in your religious home, what did y'all do every year for uh, Halloween? Most of the people did not in our church thought like Halloween was a celebration of the devil and gotcha. things that are evil. And since the scripture verse, uh, the Lord hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of sound mind. And Halloween is a celebration of fear and the recognition of fear as an important part of uh, being human. And also the idea that, you know, the dead are allowed to come out and play or the things, the scary past, the things under the bed for that one night are allowed to come out and be wild. I think it's such a wonderful concept uh, as, but also antithetical to the evangelical Christian movement I grew up in. My mom didn't really care. She would let us dress up. Oh, nice. So my mom thought, you know, it was fun to go out and get free candy. Also, my mom loves candy. <laughs> She's so, like, dang, I love God, but I got a sweet tooth. Yeah, well, I got a sweet what, tooth, what so can let I do? me get my kids uh, out here. So, and then uh, I've been- Okay, I have a question about that. I've been thinking about uh, just the Jesus ween. They call it Harvest Fest and how Christians will often take a concept- 
and just steal that concept and put it in yes. a completely different context. Yes, which we we started to talk about that last week with um, Aniko's song. We will tag here in episode notes the the white lady who like remixed it and dismissed Aniko's song as uh, demonic, demonic and yeah. satanic. And you know, there's all these like remnants of the satanic panic happening. I have a question about the so there are there are ghosts in the Bible, like yeah. in certain things, or I guess like the Holy Ghost. So how do people at church respond to like, I believe in the Holy Ghost, but not like other ghosts of past or. Well, the Holy Ghost like, you know is how, part like, of the Trinity. It's the, right. And that's why people say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Or even yeah. like, uh, I, 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 you know, it's been a minute, but like, okay. The angel of death in the mm. Old Testament, for example, that's kind of like a ghost. No, angel are different beings they're not ghosts are the spirits of humans that are unrested angels are made up of different matter i mean i just feel like they're like cousins a little bit no they're different entities angels don't have free will ah well actually do there were angels who did have free will and they became demons according to white evangelicals like the way they read the bible the text Got uh, you. Ju- Judaism has different angelology and demonology. Um, and yeah, so, but Christians generally understand that angels do the bidding of God. I see. And demons do the bidding of Satan. And they're separate entities. Angels, there was a point where demons did have free will. And so Got they decided you. to fall Satan. They rebelled against Satan. Okay, I see. This this is a real breakdown for me because I think I had all of these entities under the umbrella of ghosts. Well, all demons are angels, but not all angels are demons. All demons are angels, like fallen angels, mm-hmm. but all not, but not all angels are demons. Correct. Got you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that breakdown. How do you feel about? I, I feel this way. Going back to Jesus Ween for a second, I feel. I don't like a uh, uh, a spiritual version of anything in the same way that I don't like a black version of a white thing. Mm, I see. Like, I love, y'all know this is like the hill I'm going to die on, but I just don't like the whiz. I can't, yeah. I can't get down with it. Was it a great cast? Yes. Was there some great singing? Yes. But I don't like, we have our own black stories. Like, I just don't think we sh- we needed a black version of the Wizard of Oz. We could have just made our own our own thing. I, my bigger problem is that people steal. It's the, there's a form of right. theft going on, and then there's I a guess, form of like, well, what I'm doing is moral, and what you're doing yeah, is demonic. That is, I yes. like is is just wrapped in white supremacy. I, yes, I'm taking the song or the lyrics or the beat, mm-hmm. and I'm using, you know, God's given talent and I'm using the scripture to make it clean. So I'm taking what you have dirtied and and corrupted and I'm cleansing it. Got it. Yeah, that's what I don't like. Whereas I guess in the case of the Wiz, one person I guess was like, we have a concept here, let's season it more. Yeah. I guess do you think white evangelicals think they're seasoning these things when they're I think white evangelicals struggle with developing their own culture, so they'll steal rock. So rock, there's Christian rock music, very, very big. It's not so much big now, but in the early 2000s, I Mm -hmm. remember it everywhere. I mean, it it still could be pretty big now in certain settings, but they had Creation Fest, Inside Out Soul Fest, these massive, Mm -hmm. you know... um, Some money makers. You know, there was, you you think of the band Audio Slave, and then there's the band Audio Adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And so there's like all these parallel of bands. Newsboys were just using secular rock. And I don't using, know any of these bands. Yeah, they were huge, multi million dollars. Um, uh, DC Talk, Jesus Freak. You ever listen to Jesus Freak? Mm-hmm. What would people do if they knew I was Jesus Freak? What would people say? Dun, dun, dun. And then Toby Mac went off to his solo. These people were making millions of dollars, all under mostly the Warner, um, Warner Brothers label company, which is so funny. You know, mm. Warner Brothers knew that they could target a Christian audience by just using the same kind of music that was being developed by rock stars, but just changing the verses. Of course. But ultimately you're giving your money to Warner brothers and, 
and all the producers and the people who were mixing and you know for the most part were the same people which is so funny to me yeah that's interesting because gospel doesn't feel like that like yeah. gospel feels like its own unique creative thing in yeah. some way you know yeah, what i'm saying like it feels like a, its own genre yeah there's there's no yeah there, whereas like gospel. a christian rock is just like it's just taking cleansed rock, rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cleansed cleansed rock so what is for like i guess we're obviously on different algorithms when when people are seeing jesus wayne are you just seeing like people taking it seriously or like everybody making fun of everybody in jesus i know everyone's like yeah come to the second coming of jesus ween he will go it will affect you deeply you know the girth of the experience is quite large like that all these you know penis (laughs) penis jokes obviously second coming like jesus is wiener jesus is wiener yeah Yeah, see they should have called it like halo ween right like an angel i feel like that would have slapped harder I think, uh, again, Christians are, evangelical Christians are very interesting when it comes to sex. They don't really like to talk about it. They preach abstinence. And yet so much of Christian worship music takes part in this thing called bridal mysticism, which is this idea of associating yourself as the church, as the bride of Christ. And that you have this oh, like sex, sexual experience with, with Jesus. With Jesus, so you use sexual language to describe your intimacy with Christ. Is that what they think that they're doing, or that's like the the movement? The, the language is sexual. The language, right, right, right. Uh, like I, I'm telling you, Jesus is my boyfriend. Is a, it was a thing that I used to make fun of all the time. Now I'm so over it. I'm like y'all, y'all go do your thing. I. I respect it. It's, you know, you're, you're not really hurting anybody. Right. Making Jesus, your boyfriend, um, just, this was a movement. Put your, yeah. Oh my God. Jesus my, is my boyfriend. It's a, it was a huge movement in the, uh, vineyard, uh, worship music and the Hillsong mu- music. Gotcha. Yeah. I know. Oh, I do know Hillsong. You know Hillsong. I did watch now. that documentary. You watch yeah. it. Yeah. So all that music, Joel Houston, you know, all that music, it makes Jesus as my boyfriend. Jesus is my boyfriend. Wow. I have not heard. Yeah. this. Is, you put me on some white culture right now. Yeah, this is evangelical Christians. My problem is that evangelicals, they create this fringe cultural movement, and they create their own colleges. They have their own music, their own fiction, et cetera, all of that. But what they do, and they've done this so successfully, is that they have incepted that into our government so that— mm. Yeah, so you wouldn't Most, have a problem with it if it wasn't if it wasn't being enforced. Legality, like, let's yeah. force this legislation. on other people yeah. using legislation or yeah, and that's where I I have no patience I got for the you. the Christian the evangelical Christian movement the way it's been politicized and wrapped in politics that has justified you know bombing Iraq or giving Israel um, unequivocal support to uh, basically create the largest open air prison. Or I, I'll call it a concentration camp in Gaza. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah, I. I so it, for me, right. that's but white evangelical Zionists. <laughs> well, take it back to Jesus. Yeah, for I'm a just minute. saying okay. that's. So they they create these really funny subculture things that are we make fun of, like Jesus Ween. Right. But the people who would participate in that per, are very politically active. I hear you. And it's because they're literally creating, they're trying to create their own society. I got you. And then they inflict that society on on the larger culture. What say you about Jesus Wayne? We will hear in the YouTube comments below. Make sure your comments are very long, like Jesus Wayne. Okay. You done. I'm done. Uh, we shouldn't to... be. I just, come on, like have Harvest Fest. We had, we called it Harvest Fest. Harvest Fest. Harvest Fest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had it called, at my church it was called Fall Festival growing up. And I'll, I'll be honest, it was lit. Yeah. We had tons of fall games, you know, candy apples, yeah. all of that. That's like, fine if you don't want to do scary things. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. Even though, moving on to our next segment. Yeah, let's talk about Imperfect Parent for a second. So we have scaring children on scary, the docket. Scaring children. I I'm not a fan. Go ahead. I wore a mask and we filmed it and I scared the shit out of my child. Like, she was freaking out. And you did not post it, correct? I didn't, I didn't post it. Yeah, because I didn't even like that. Uh, Amber didn't like that. Don't be so scaring my I, baby. There's a book called Scream. It's the psychology of, like, uh, terror. 
It's a book, um, something along the line. If you type scream book, very popular book. Mm -hmm. But in this book, this woman studies um, people going through a haunted house and then interviews them after. And basically what she came to realize that uh, being scared in a closed, safe environment like a haunted house can result in like a decrease of stress. So people who went through the haunted house, they did a study um, if they were feeling more stressful or anxious about work or normal life things, once they got through the haunted house, that terror ended huh. up lessening their stress in their real life. Because it was like a form of escapism? Yeah, it was or... a form of escapism. It was a form of um, simply just uh, having that uh, that heightened awareness. Yeah. So, so similar, similar response, mm -hmm. meditation and feeling scared have very similar brain responses like what's going on in your brain so i'm i'm all for scaring my child no, well okay translating that to the children is quite a leap but i do i definitely remember i was about to go to sleep last night we'll talk more about this movie in the shelfie segment i was about to go to sleep last night and we were like no let's just stay up and watch this really scary movie and we watched it and because i've, I've been a little bit stressed about some work things classic me and the stress and anxiety of this film almost like made me forget about the work stress. Because yes. weren't we so yes. anxious like the first 30 oh, to 40 man. minutes of this film yeah, and, well, and thereafter. Oh. And I remember thinking like, dang, like the stress I just felt here, I, I ain't even worried about my job no more. And so, so it did de-stress me with other things, but I don't think a child has the, the cognitive awareness of like, oh, I'm, I'm being terrified in a safe space. Right. So that's the other thing is that when you teach kids to be fearful, for example, with their with their family, that that can also teach them that, oh, this person was wearing masks, the mask is now off their head, I'm okay. I so see it's what a way saying. for them to distinguish between fake fear and real fear. Fake fear and real fear. Yeah, right. which is yeah. because our brains our, and our, sorry, our technology has developed faster than our brains. Our societies have developed faster than our brains. So we have this part of our amygdala, this fight or fight, fight or flight response that is really not up to par with our technology. So things that we shouldn't be scared of, like little clicking noises or the dark, still scare us in very, very real ways. The other thing I was reading is that uh, games like hide and seek and tag are basically predator prey um theater okay and they're and at I their core those are scary games they are scary games scary and she kind of loves those and she loves those oh so she loves hiding behind something and the suspense yes. she likes the game of like oh my mom's about to go find me and i'm yeah, about to so get she's like learning scared. that's like a fake she's that's a fake fear it's not a real fear it's something to embrace to laugh at and that can prepare them for um, dealing with real fear in the future or discerning what's fake, what's real fear. Perhaps, but you're not wearing that mask around my baby no more. Right. Maybe not around you and the baby. No. You won't have to know. Or let her, let her like but, hang out with the mask for a minute I, on her own. I mean, what and do y'all think when, when parents, there are so many funny videos of parents setting up like a mannequin in their kid's room and dressing it and then waking up the kid the kid's like wow like freaking out i just i love that it's cute i mean she even so near our house there's this coffee shop that has put out like all these halloween decorations yeah. and this is the coffee shop we frequent like almost every day so of course she's used to going to this coffee shop but now because of these like they have this like little haunted doll in the corner on our way to the bathroom and she was just completely panicking and I had to like pet the doll's hair to just so her. she would know like right. you're okay but you're teaching that's now a teachable moment right yeah. this is not real this is yeah fake. I don't think that the like like I'm not one of those parents being like what are you doing with all of these decorations yeah. like I, I I liked teaching her like look this skeleton it's, it's not totally real fine. like yeah 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 she was freaked out because they had the pastry sort of opened like uh cake container and underneath that, they put these two big hands, like yeah, yeah, almost yeah. crawling like out, like crawling like a, out from oh, underneath man, the fridge. Really, yeah, yeah. It was just really fun, and she was, free, you know, inquisitive about yeah. that. It gave her something to explore. I mean, I Wild doesn't even like like mascots. Like the first no, time we she, took her to Disney World, she was like so over. Man. Like I like we waited in line for Mickey Mouse that very first time, and of course the minute Mickey, I mean to be fair, like a giant 
a giant, a big ass rat is like kind of terrifying. <laughs> but like, we waited in line for Mickey. You know, Mickey got the longest freaking line. And then she completely panicked and freaked out, which was so cute. But that's okay. Yeah. We can't do that. Anyway, you want to read some letters? Yeah, I'll definitely read some letters. I love letters. letters. We're blowing letters. right through today. Um, Jesus Wayne. Jesus is my boyfriend. Letter number one. Oh, this is the I do's and don'ts, our relationship advice segment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you do have questions about your relationship, please find your way to my DMs or the Fly on the Wallen podcast DMs and just drop your situation. We'll try our best to help you out. Dear Fly on the Wallen, I need some advice. I'm 22 years old. He was 30 years old. Was because I'm going through a breakup right now. And the reason I broke up with him is because my family doesn't like him. There will be days where I would text him and he just wouldn't reply or he would just leave me on red. And also, I feel like he was using me because he still lives with his sister and he has a kid. And I'm in the middle of moving. So my family just thought he was talking to me because I was moving and he wants to live with me. Anyway... He ended up blocking me on everything. So me and him are not on speaking terms. I keep hoping and praying that me and him get back on speaking terms because I really care about him and his kid too. Please help me get over this breakup. Yeah. Well, first you did the hardest thing, which is the necessary thing. Getting a guy to block you. It's very hard to get a guy to block you. <laughs> Guys will not block women that they can have sex with. They really don't. That's yeah, that's kind of so true. So you did you did the right thing. Have you ever blocked somebody? A woman? Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Why did you block her? Because I was dating you. Oh, oh, this is the girlfriend before me. Yeah. So you got to the point where you needed to block her. Yeah, she was like calling me drunk late at night. I was like, okay. <laughs> Wait, when we first started dating, she was calling you? Yeah, yeah. Like early us, like within, you know, a month. And even a month in, you blocked her? Hell yeah, I was done. I was, I didn't like her. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, okay, yeah. Explain really quick. I'm sure you'll be talking about this on stage tonight in New York City. But okay, so how long did you date this woman? It, like four years, four or five years. You dated somebody into four into years months. before? Yeah, six months. It felt like four to five years. Because it was so bad. It was so bad. And so when y'all broke Time up, y'all were still sort of like on and off. A little bit, yeah. Occasionally, you know, like a just, dog just, that returns to its vomit, I return to having sexual relations with her occasionally. And yes, I just compared an ex to vomit, but I think that wow. might be relevant. <laughs> okay. So, and then you met me. I did met the you. Queen and you're not, And you're not vomit, even though Thank I did you. ask you to be my girlfriend while you were vomiting. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, because I- You were great. So- even after a month of talking to me, you were like, I got to block this bitch. Yes, absolutely. I think it was within a week or two weeks. Because she was hitting you up late at night? Yeah. I like, wanted, you know how that, I feel about my sleep. Wanted some of that Jesus wing. She was like, how are you? Are you, I'm I'm in your neighborhood. I was like, I'm asleep. <laughs> I was like, I'm always, I'm very kind. I'm like, are, are you Okay. Okay, you're not in danger. Okay, good. <laughs> Stop talking to me. You weren't gonna give her that Jesus wing. No, you nice. were the only one getting the salvation. <laughs> you are a clown. Okay, so if let me ask you this. That's what we call my dick. We, call I, we, no, we 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 got the joke. Let me ask you this: If you weren't dating me, would you have still been sleeping with her? No, at that point, I was so done. I was so done. And she's still blocked to this day. Yeah, that number is blocked. Dang. Cold ass bitch. All right. So how then, Sounds How? what cool. advice could you give our listener to like getting over getting a breakup? Because who dumped who in that relationship? I think it was like a mutual dumping. So she dumped you. So <laughs> how did you get over her? Uh, I think the best way to you, get over You've been dumped somebody, a couple times, right? I've been dumped all three times. The best way to get over somebody is to find the replacement. We call it a rebound, but here's the thing about rebounds. So I'm a rebound. Rebounds actually make you an all-star player. When you rebound, especially an offensive rebound, you're closer to getting the shot again. A rebound is a good thing. The idea that a rebound is like, oh, just a rebound. No, you get the rebound, now you're in a position to score again. So go ahead Find a rebound, because the closest way to get over a man is finding another man. 
to get under. Yeah. So, so you get under a new man, right? Isn't that that's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Like so you've been dumped all three times. Mm-hmm. What was the first reason you were dumped for? Uh, you, this is all part of my stand up. Okay. So I, I I could I could go into these stories. Okay, we'll save it. We'll save it. You gotta you gotta see our live show it, it'll, <laughs> coming to a city near you. Coming to a city near you. Yes, yes, yes. I don't want to spoil. Yeah, I, so, I got some fun stand up. Okay. About this. Can I ask you this at least because I don't think this is in your set. What I obviously know with the girlfriend before me, you were not heartbroken by that dumping. Yeah, but you have been really hurt, like over one of these yeah, women I dumping think you. One of them was was pretty hurt, hurtful. The way I got over it, I think I binge watched a really good TV show. Got you. So I'm pretty sure that I went ahead and. Started. I think I watched all of Battlestar Galactica. I went through and watched all of Battlestar Galactica. I got the DVDs from the library. Okay. Because I didn't have enough money to pay for like Netflix or whatever Battlestar Galactica was on at streaming service was on at this point. So I went ahead and got all the DVDs, watched all of it. I watched like three seasons of the new Doctor Who episodes. Loved, loved that. Mm. So I immersed myself in TV and then I immersed myself in an author that I absolutely love. And I just reread his books over and over and over again. And it was, I love it was that. funny fantasy. So I found something that was enjoyable for me. And I, be, I let my addictive self sink into that. So, Oh, we love that for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, listener, I, I don't think I've ever been dumped. I think I always did the dumping. Have um, you, but you've but been it's heartbroken. Still, it's still, yeah, it still is hard. So how to do you get, get over heart, heart? You, what do you do? Um, I, like if I, if I were to dump you today, what would you do? I just have to like fill my calendar with stuff. Yeah. Like I don't even give myself an opportunity to like, of course I'll get sad at some point, but in the time that I'm like actually having time to Sorry. sit with myself, I'm hopeful that I'm so tired that I just cry myself to sleep. Mm. But I just stay busy. I, I pour into friendships. I pour into work. I pour into baby. Also, neither of these things get to the, the root of the issue. Which is dealing with the sadness. You're yeah, just distractions. Yes, you're yeah. distracting, you're yourself, distracting, distracting yourself. You're distracting yourself with rebounds yeah, and TV shows. This is, but but that's how breakups work. Like after mm-hmm. time, you do start to feel better. You're like, I can see myself yeah. without this person again. I can, especially when you reach that point where you're you've been broken up longer than you were together. Yep. Like that's. I feel like that's typically a really nice sweet spot, but. You know, we we always have to be in a place where we're ready to let people go. And I I do think I, I think we said this on an earlier podcast, like your your families typically like love you and support you. And so if they're not supporting this person that you're with, like I definitely say like lean into because she was saying the reason she broke up with her, her family basically thinks like he's using me for housing. Yeah, 30 to 22 still like not living on your own. You have a kid that is. And who knows if you, I don't even think you live with your kid. You live with your, like this guy sounds like he lives with his sister and he also just has a kid. That you've, you've also met. So like, why point. does he have his own housing? How, what yeah, kind of father I is mean, he? I mean, it sounds like this person knows that the breakup was important, that it needed to happen. Absolutely. But you still miss, like when you connect with somebody and you're, mo- because I have broken up with people that were not good for me. And I still miss them. Right. And that's that's a reality. That's a part of yeah. being human. I feel like sometimes, though, there was this guy that I was dating-ish. Oh, well, there's been a couple guys that I was, like, dating. And then, like, we were never officially, like, boyfriend and girlfriend. That's but then crazy they, to me. But then they kind of stopped talking to uh, me. They, they just they, ghosted you. Yeah, they kind of, like, go. yeah, they ghosted me or they fell off. What's crazy to you? The idea that you would date somebody and not be official but wanted to be official. Yeah. That be happening, because you know I, people want to run the streets and stuff. You know, I see. People I've wanna never play the field. Rather, I've never felt that. Like I've always wanted to be like, yeah, let's be official right away. Like within twenty four hours. I remember. It's so I just love the idea of like you're my girlfriend. yeah. Like you're week two, boyfriend. you wanted like hold my hand. And I was like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> I just slapped you that's away, when Melania I knew Trump. She would be the mother of my child. Right. I was just like, what is this white boy doing? You like, were so uncomfortable. I was like, why are you trying walking to hold around my hand? In Rogers Park. I was like, we were walking together. I was like, I don't want to hold your <laughs> fucking hand. I ain't holding your goddamn hand. We we are still testing out the waters. And you have to and you were so weirded out about Hold. Yes, because we're just we just started dating. I feel like hand holding is for like, okay, we're together, we're in it. You're my boo. You, you don't feel that I way. Was, you were all up in my mouth, and you didn't want to hold my hand. You mean like kissing you? Yeah, we would kiss on the couch. Yeah, we had we, kissed out on the couch by that time, but you couldn't. We kissed. It was weirder. That's nuts to me. That it was weirder to hold hands in public than to get nasty on your couch. I don't. I don't think that's weird. That's so weird. Publicly. Like you had, not, you had not earned the 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 spot to be with me at that point. I was walking and just to show, like, hey, we're together. So we I know just- it's cute now. I've, of course, I'll hold your hand in public now. But one, what do y'all think? If, oh, if you're dating like some week, guy, just two weeks. It was like two. It was like one or two weeks in, and you've made out with this person. Yeah, we hadn't had sex by, at that point. Yeah, but like making out is like sexual. Whereas, like, there's an intimacy that comes with, like, oh, you want to hold my hand and, like, physically show me that you have my back or something like that. And I don't know you. Making out is, like, really not that intimate. Not really. It can be. But you can also drunkenly make out with a stranger and then never talk to them again. We weren't drunkenly making out. But you don't drunkenly hold someone's hand, typically. I see a lot of drunk people holding hands. I feel like people, drunk people holding hands are, like, probably just together. Right. We were together walking down the street How in Rogers soon, Park. I want to hear from y'all. How soon do y'all hold someone's hand? You sort of, you loved it though. Well, as as I saw that you were like, oh, you're here to stay. Yeah. You're whatever, but. The first time you still liked it, you're like, oh, that's that's weird. You said that you were uncomfortable. I remember I was like, I'll do it, but this is not. You did, you liked it. I did not. You didn't like it? I like it now. I like it now. Well, you didn't like it the first time? I didn't trust it. I was wary of it, let's uh. say. Okay. Wow. I mean, it worked out, Ben. I think it worked out. I think it's safe to say we worked. Yeah. So it's better to hold hands in the beginning. Uh. It's well, okay with you, we, we, we stayed together, so it's yeah. fine. Yep. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Letter number two. <laughs> Dan, you hurt? No, it it just it's funny that it you is th- funny. Think holding hands is. I'm wary of everything. Intimate. You know, I'm like that with most things. Mm-hmm. Even when I get a good opportunity in my inbox, I'm like, they probably are going to pick somebody else. Like, let me just yeah. wait for the other shoe to drop. Letter number two. Dear fly on the wildin', I've been dating my boyfriend for about four months. And he always does this thing where he says, you're mine. It's cute, but then I'm confused. I always ask, like, what does that mean? And I never really get a response. I always feel like if a man wants something, he'll go get it and claim it. But this is confusing, and I don't know how I feel about it. I've told him a million times that it bothers me that he says that I'm his because I don't know what that means. And then when I ask him, he says, you're smart. You can figure it out. And he'll tell me I'm overthinking, which I do do a lot. But this situation is different. What are your thoughts about calling your partner yours? Okay, well, first of all, uh, let's just go back to the fact that you've made your needs known. Right. And he's ignored them. Right. So that's something you need to keep in the back of your head. You said, hey, I want to know what this means. And his response to you was disrespectful. Let's Mm -hmm. call it what it was. You're smart. You should figure it out. So you have to address that. 
and if he's not receptive. And if you're like, hey, this bothers me when you say you're mine. Yeah. Because it feels – and then just tell him what you think it feels like. It, it'd be like it sounds possessive. I don't like it. Please stop calling it, calling me that. <clears throat> and if he can't respect that, then he's not going to respect other parts of you in the future. And it's four months is still early in the relationship mm-hmm. for you to sort of nip some of these things in the butt. Yeah, I definitely. Do you remember that Destiny's Child song like "Cater to You"? Mm-mm. I know that's a real throwback, but there's a Destiny's Child song. It's really beautiful, but there's I some knew parts out of, of Eden, it. not Destiny's Child. It was the Who? Christian out of Eden. It was the Christian black girl singing oh. group out of Eden. We'll listen. It's to It's three them black girls. Them. Yeah, and they're Christian. Yeah, out of Eden. Okay, we'll we'll listen to it all the way back. Yeah. Um. So this Destiny's Child song had some. It's very like. Let me cater to you. You're mine. I'll run your bath water. My life would be purposeless without you. Or some of the lyrics. Yeah. It it, it didn't age well uh, it, for, for the modern woman. We're like, and I, I don't mind running a bath water. Like, that, that's cute. Put some salt in it. Yeah, there's one part bubbles. that's like, baby, put your do-rag on. Which doesn't really... That didn't age well for me, I guess. Unless you would like me to put a do-rag on you. Uh, but cater <laughs> to you. I remember people talking about it later and saying, like, this is, like, unhinged. Like, my life is purposeless without you. Like, all of this sort of, like, rhetoric of, like, you're mine. Everything you do is, is for me and for us. And and I am you and I'm in your skin. And it's, and it's, and it's too much. Yeah. And we've talked about in the past, like owning your own sexuality and I think owning your own personhood is very important as well. And and like Ben said, like if you said to him, like, hey, you saying I'm yours makes me uncomfortable. Like I'm not your property. It's a little cringy to me. Maybe we can find something else for you to say. Like, I really love being with you. Like, I'm so lucky that we're in this relationship. I guess that's more words to say. Um, but if, if, if even something cute, even yeah. something cute, like, cause I told you, remember you, you're, you're, you're critiquing this letter, but we just talked about how, like in the beginning I was uncomfortable holding hands. Sure. So it's like, if you're sensing that fear and discomfort, but you're like, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. Like that's something to keep in the back of your mind. Right. Right. I mean, I don't, I thought you have, yeah, I I don't think you were very clear with the that you didn't want to hold my hand. I thought mm-hmm. you were uncomfortable about it. You're like, um, you said, "Yeah, oh, okay." Yeah, it kind of took me it. off guard because I was. It's it, it, it's it's twofold. It was one. Don't compare. No, I, what I'm saying I won't is, compare to the don't compare my situation. I think our situation was di- different. It is different. It so, is different. But for I know for the hand holding, it was twofold. It was one, like not being used to someone wanting to hold my hand. So maybe there was like a little bit of insecurity there. And then two, it's like, oh, I I, uh, connected hand holding with something a bit more serious, Mm. you know? Yeah. So like it it felt for me like, oh, this is like our relationship is maybe expediting. Like I only, I've only known this man for a week or two weeks and now he's already wanting to hold my hand. Like this feels fast. I guess if if I could clear up what that discomfort meant. So maybe the your mind feels fast to the person that wrote this mm-hmm. letter. For or sure. maybe it just feels like I don't like when you say I'm yours because what because that could start to encompass so many other things. It's like, well, why are you talking to this other dude at work? You're mine. Well, why are you doing this? Why are yeah. you wearing that skirt? You're mine. And so I just know that can really be misogynistic, like as the relationship potentially develops. Well, this or maybe person, it's just like, oh, be mine. Like a this Valentine. person sa- said that they've been saying this a million times that I'm uncomfortable with this. Yes. If you were to say something, hey, I'm uncomfortable holding hands, I'd be like, all right. Like, let's talk about that. Why Why are you that way? Right. And then it would ha- be a larger conversation about intimacy and wh- what you associate hand-holding to be, to be. And then I would explain why I think we should hold hands and we'd have a conversation. What this, it sounds like this person is blackballing you when you try to bring this up. And that, for me, just tells me that this person is going to be, this person you're dating is going to be very difficult to have difficult conversations. If you can't have a, like I should a go simple I, conversation. I should go through your about, phone. You're mine. Like yeah, yeah or, I can or, totally see this getting that as well. It could be a possess. But I'm just saying, like in the future, when you have to have real conversations mm-hmm. about money or real conversations about where you want to travel, and you can't have a simple conversation about understanding exactly the history of why this person keeps on saying 
you know, I'm yours or whatever, then forget having more difficult conversations. Forget yeah. it. So I'm glad this person asked this question because I think with dating today, especially, it's sometimes hard to decide, like, should I stop dating this person? This feels like such a small offense. This feels mm. like such a small thing. Like, if I tell my friends I'm excited about this new person and then we're dating for four months and then I go to my friends, I'm like, I broke up with him because he said, like, that that I'm his and that made me feel uncomfortable. Like, so sometimes I think some people are trying to debate, like, is this worth ending a relationship over or is this something I should just be aware of? Yeah. Like, is like... I think it is kind of a little bit, I, I think it's a red flag. Or yeah, it's a, a red it's, flag. It's, it's not to him saying it, him, you saying you're uncomfortable with it and him saying you're smart, you can figure it out. I think I'm, that's definitely a red flag. I'm curious how he responds to other hurdles that y'all might have had about maybe if you didn't like a restaurant or if you didn't like a movie and how other disagreements, minor disagreements would look. Because four months, you're really not disagreeing about anything. Right. You're, you know, you might just This might be about, the first red flag then. Yeah. So just... What was my red flag? Your red flag? Like your first red in flag? The, in the beginning, yeah. Um, it's probably hella flags now, but... Yeah, I probably... I think the first red flag was when... <laughs> um, I discovered that you participate in a very unhealthy kind of behavior called um the silent treatment <laughs> i made this wonderful woman run like a mile before we went to the movies and that was the first time i ever saw her like not talk to me she's like oh. i was like what's wrong oh. Oh. that was your response and i found out later that you you really didn't like any exercise that involved cardio you've changed obviously now I don't like when I think I'm going on a brisk romantic walk and then I'm being yelled at like a drill sergeant to run a mile. Oh, I didn't know I was yelling at, like a drill sergeant. Yeah, well, that's what it feels like. Because mm. sometimes you're like, come on, just one more, just I come was, on. Yeah, for me, I'm sad. I thought I was encouraging you. Mm -hmm. I was like, you got this. Like, come on, let's do it. You move a little faster. You, I will say, got... yeah, to, to echo Ben, Ben's red flag was like some communication style things. Like I remember, okay, remember this. So Ben, we lived close enough in Chicago at this point in our relationship in the very beginning. We lived close enough for Ben to run to my house. That's why you might hear a lot for, of running stories. I was like two miles away. So I Ben was two miles away and he would flat. always run the two miles because he's a, he, he still is a big runner, but he was a, I was huge he was then. a daily runner, tons of miles a week. Uh, so he would run two miles to my house and I think he would like, I would maybe leave the back door open for you so you could like come up into the apartment and you would always leave that back door open. And I would be like, even my roommate was like, we cannot have you leaving this back door open. Like when you come in, can you lock it? Can you whatever? Like it was constant. Sorry, yes. And so I remember thinking early on, I was like, okay, he is somebody who needs many, many, many reminders to do I get a distracted thing. very easily. Yep. Yes. This man, it's not mm. a, I, I guess that's bad to call that a red flag. Like silent treatment is bad. Like it just, I didn't realize how Re much redirection, how easily much distracted. redirection you need. You are very easily distracted. I love you so much, I need, but you know how you are. I am. I am. I'm that way, which is why I got you hyper focus <laughs> i'm like how does he navigate the world like how this like like how have he how has he managed to have the success that he has with this lack of focus well because i only focus on two or three things like you you were doing a hundred different things all the time for the most part i was very much only doing one thing which was working at a school and I didn't really have any other hobbies. I didn't really go out. I played music, but I didn't really do any other thing. Right. Like I didn't really even had very close friends that I would meet with regularly, maybe two or three, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a home, a group of homies that I was hanging out with all the time where you had like a group of people that you hung out with every single weekend. And yeah. so you, you would, you had, um, you did creative things. You coached step team. You were a yeah, teacher. I did like you a were very things. involved with your with your family. You know, going back and forth. You just had a million. You were able to do a million things. For me, I've always done two or three things. I know. Now, which is, now we do a million things. We now, do a million things now, difficult. and you still need some 
prodding it's from hard. time to time. I I've, know. <laughs> I've gotten some, I got some hacks basically waking up every day, trying to do the same thing every day, wake up. <laughs> or I stretch, have had to like, drink been, you know, I love you, but you know, you, <laughs> I have had to look up like, you you know, you've, you've looked at a Google search history of mine in the middle of the night being like, does adult my husband has ADHD? Adult ADHD. <laughs> does my husband have ADD? I'm not laughing at people that have that, but some of the tactics that they give me have worked on you. <laughs> like what? Okay. One of them is, uh, I have to touch you if I need a task done. So oh, yeah, I have to touch you right. and make eye contact with you. So work. I cannot, if if you're upstairs or whatever, I can't say like, hey, can you take the trash out your way out? You, you I, can never I just say like, sure. That. I'm you, like reading forget. a book. I'll be like, yeah. And I didn't even know I said, yeah. Right. Yes. I'll yes. respond without realizing, ben, yes, but I'm responds. usually reading a book. Yes. You respond. Uh, I you feel respond so, bad. so and then, many times and without you get actually mad listening. Because you're like, you lied to me. And I was like, I never said that. And then I'm like, yes, you like did. Play ben. back the recording. Yeah. I record like, yes, everything. So you can't even help. I did say I would do this. I don't remember it. I think I just had it as a response because obviously, yeah, I can take out the trash. That's, <laughs> I can physically do that. If I'm able to, it's very easy thing for me to Everybody do. Everybody in my family's like, he got something. <laughs> we don't know exactly what it is. Oh my he, god, he got a little touch of something. It's it's you know, and I I don't care, bit. I don't care if you have ADD. Like I, we, we you have like, cared. Oh oh oh, you got something. I just I want to be clear about that. I think I think everybody knows you got something, but i it's not like. Oh wow, my husband has a disability. Like I can't, I can't be with this man. But I will say, sometimes making you text me your list of what you're gonna do is also something. Yeah, it's just a hurdle that we have to get through. And I got tons of anxiety. I want to do it. I'm also, I'm also on board to this. Where there are some people, specifically men, who would not like that. They wouldn't take umbrage the fact that they need to be held accountable by their partner. I think Especially also, when their partner's a woman. like, considering or even, like, acting as if you have, like, a neurodivergent brain has helped me because it's, like, when I get frustrated, I'm, like, this is just how his brain works. Yeah, like I'm, he's, not, I'm not like, being I'm, malicious. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best to remind myself. But it does scare me sometimes if, as as Wild gets older and we're uh, doing more, like, and I'm going to be, like, Walmart yes, or yes, I'm going to be, like, you said you were picking her up from soccer practice. Where is she? You're like, was that today? Like, I, I just, I know that this is going to happen. Like, no, we have Google Calendar. I've been using it better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to the last and final thing. Shelfie. Okay, what did we watch? Dude, we watched Woo! this movie, Barbarian. Uh, we are going to spoil the whole thing. So 100% go watch this movie. If, if you can stomach if you can horror stomach movies, thriller horror suspense. It's actually not violent. Right? There's I not disagree. really there's not really a lot of violence. I there's one There's really, a lot of suspense. There's most it's mostly suspense. And it is this powerful, powerful story uh about uh I'll go ahead and, and share it, but skip pause, this skip if you this. Yeah, if you don't want to. uh but it's about this woman who shows up to an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Somebody is already in the Airbnb, it's a man. And she's very hesitant, but the man sort of coaxes her in. Uh, the person, the woman in it, her name is Tess. And she goes in and she ends up meeting with this guy. And the whole story becomes this very um, intentional story of mister misleading you. Yes. Because at first you I'm are... getting stressed f- just yeah, thinking about you're it. Felt, right? You, you want... You're screaming at Tess not to stay at this person's Airbnb. But she literally can't stay in the city of Detroit because there's all the hotels are sold out or mm-hmm. whatever, which, you know, could or could not happen. There's a big, apparently there's this big convention. So she can only use this Airbnb and everything else is booked around. So she decides to stay and, uh, she ends up hitting it off with the guy. Yeah. And they, he's so creepy too. What's really, that Skarsgård guy? Uh, named? The guy who plays it. And yes. And so, at one point, they do have a conversation about the difference between men and women and how if she was in the house first, she would have never opened up the door for him. Yes. Right? And they, you really, the director knows that the people watching this are horror fanatics. 
So there are certain things where she's like, hey, can you show me your reservation on your phone as well? And he and he does. And you're like, oh, you probably made that up. Yeah, you're, like you're he, not trusting. Yeah, You're not trusting. Or, well, they perfectly casted him, too. So I just perfect. want to get his name. So so basically, we, we think this is going to be the villain. He's going to do something absolutely atrocious to her. And she goes to bed at night. And at one point, she wakes up in the middle of the night. She sees her door open. And she gets up. And she walks out. And um, we we see this, but she doesn't see it. Uh, but she sees there's a door that closes behind her, and she sees the guy sleeping on the couch. And at this point, you're like, okay, there's mm. something going on in this house. Yes, that's unrelated to Skarsgård. To Skarsgård, <laughs> his name is Keith in the movie, but Keith. Bill Skarsgård well, is Keith. his name. Bill Skarsgård, and she eventually they they um. She goes to this job interview, which is why she's staying at this Airbnb. But she does things like take a picture of his ID at one point. Heck yeah. And and we are pretty sure when she comes back that this guy is like going to kill her yes. at one point. Because she she goes back and she goes in the basement and she like He'll finds make sudden a secret. Yeah, yeah. And it's just really weird. Creepy. But she gets... At one point, she's in the house without him there, and she finds a secret room in the basement where there's like a dirty bed and a, a camcorder. Video, a yeah, camcorder. <laughs> and she goes upstairs. She's and she sees the guy Keith, and she's like, "We need to leave now. We need to leave." And Keith is like, "No, no, no. Just don't go anywhere. Like you sound crazy." And it becomes this whole almost metaphor of like sexual assault survivors. Like this thing happened and you tell somebody about your experience and they gaslight you. Like, no, no. Yeah. So he Keith says, let me go in the and basement. And the gaslighting is a recurring in the movie. You remember like the scenes with yeah. the cops and stuff like that. Yeah, she's yeah. constantly gaslit like the entire time. The entire, so basically what happens, Keith goes down there and we don't hear anything. And, and the film, the directors have now, they go from a point of making us think Keith is villainous to now we trust him because he is a musician and we learn his backstory to now like, oh, he's been setting this whole thing up and he's been stalking Tess to lock her up in this room. Yes. Did, is that what you it, got? Yes, yes. But it, it feels, um, if you watch the show You on Netflix, yeah. it feels very much like Joe Goldberg. You're like, yeah. I don't know if I want to like have sex with this guy or yeah. if I want to run away that's, from him. Like they, they, That's the power. That's what they do such a good job. Yes, they humanize this. this person so much and then you're like, yeah, but he had to kill that person because they were doing this to him. Or and then you're like, wait, no, why am I sticking it's up for very, a killer? It's very, yes. very Joe esque. At one point, there are all these little details where the guy's like, "Hey, uh, as we're waiting, to, I'm going to clean some sheets for you so you can sleep at the bed." You're like, I will open this bottle of wine that was left for us, and you can see me pour it. Yeah, right. And I'll make you some tea, and you can watch me. You make can it. watch it. And so like, he, he, he's like, "I don't want to freak you out. I understand this situation is weird." And all all our red flags is going up, but what we who we think is the villain is never the villain in this film. Yes, and so you go down and you hear Ugh. you hear Keith like yelling, and she goes down there and just into here, and, into and here. Keith is Make like, them go see it. Keith is like, yo, like we got to get out. Something bit me down here, and we see this like monster bash Keith's head in. So the main villain is now replaced by this monster, yeah. like this naked monster woman. Yeah. And I thought that was just a and the movie goes from there and we and but however, we think the monster is this naked monster woman. Right. Yeah, no, we no, no. Yeah, That's we think actually she's the big bad, but she's, she's not. She's not the big bad. And then it, the film has this way of just cutting. Cutting. Yes. Cutting like the editing between uh, this. So then and then the film just This is stops. like a future director's like wait. Oh, yeah, and this this is so this uh, director's shots. first film. And I thought that was such a brilliant way where we're constantly reminded that the real villain in the film is never who we think it is. And then we're introduced to this famous movie actor who owns the property with this like secret room. Yes. And he's been accused of rape. And then you think he's the bad, now the you big think bad. he's the person who's been secretly, like, holding monsters under here. And there's, like, cages. Um, yeah. But oh, it's turns horrible. He goes and he discovers this room. 
But what he does is since he needs money, he instead of being freaked out like the woman, his response is, oh, oh I have this extra room square in my footage. house, more square footage. And yes. you just see him measuring, right? Measuring the square footage because he needs to sell this, and he's like, Let it this home Let because it he has all these. Yeah, it's so nuts. Just go watch it. We watch it on Hulu. It I... I don't want to break down each act of it because I, I'm, I'm, I think, I'm getting the creeps just even re-listening to it. But there, like, there's just so many twists and turns. The, what the film does so well is that it shows that someone who has had to have their guard up, how they look at a situation. Yes. Compared to someone who has the world just open for them. Yes. And that's a very, it's this film it shows the difference between women and men. Or it does. someone who's experienced trauma and someone who hasn't yes so it's like i see a room that's a torture chamber how can i make money off of this compared to i need to get the fuck out of here right and even all the men in there are bad right like even for the homeless guy who like oh yeah but i also think that this movie so brilliantly considers its audience but is still smarter than its audience Mm. because there is this relationship that you have between you like the movie, the film, and your audience. And I feel like sometimes filmmakers forget, like somebody's watching this too. So like, don't even make it just a watch. Make it a full court sensory experience for yeah. both people. So it's like, if the main character is stressed and we are stressed with the main character, that really bodes well. And now in act two, we know why this main character was stressed, but now this new character is introduced and we know more than that character. So it just kept, like, I remember thinking... This this movie knew we needed a glass of water here. Yeah. This movie knew we needed a break. This movie knew our heartbeats couldn't keep going like this for another two hours. And and that it, is it like, wouldn't have been sustainable. It wouldn't have been sustainable. And so sometimes movies, I'm like, why is this scene drawing out so long? Because I'm like, I think directors get so caught up in their vision and their story and like sticking to a script. And I'm like, you're not thinking about your audience is kind of bored now. Your audience needs a bathroom break right here. Your audience needs a popcorn re-up right here. And I think Barbarian did a perfect play of like <sighs> well, oh, now we're on guard now, again. <sighs> or, or, or also being like, oh, I know who I know that. Oh, this is the terrifying thing. It's like, saying, oh, no. I see what's for, going so on. So, for example, yeah. she goes down into the basement, finds a trap door, mm-hmm. opens the trap door, finds a secret room, but finds another trap door that's just tunnels upon tunnels leading to other homes and houses in that neighborhood. Yeah. And so we think. The, the secret room is scary. Oh, no, the tunnel's below the secret room. So there's just layer yeah. upon they layer. they just like, yes yeah. and, yes and, and then, up the stakes, up the stakes. You know I love stakes. The biggest twist ever is that we find out this monster woman was actually a product of rape of a man who's been kidnapping people and keeping them down there. And yes. so we think this woman, this monster mutant woman is evil. But at the end, there's this very intimate moment where Tess and the woman who's who is a is a like the quote-unquote barbarian you know a cannibalistic mutant think of like um you know wrong turn type of person Mm -hmm. says to test mommy and they have this almost intimate moment where you see the long nails and she touches her man was very touched i was was like it was emotional It it was emotional because this monster ends up saving tess from like the rape the rapist actor yeah, who 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 we're we're led to believe is going to have some sort of redemption at one point, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. There's like right. a come to yes. Jesus moment, and, and he so was they perfectly cast too because he's typically Justin Long, Justin Long because he's typically cast as a fun loving, easygoing guy yeah. in a rom com. Yeah. He is the love like a lot interest. of the teenage like yes uh, funny movies that were coming out, sort of the American Pie movies that were coming out. Yeah, after. like kind of like that. So uh, I. I remember thinking like they did such a brilliant job making Bill Skarsgård, who looks creepy as shit, the like nice guy. But and even then him, making like, Justin didn't believe Long, Tess that like Tess was like, we should no, not be in the house. No, and he if didn't. he listened to her, he would have lived. No, he didn't. But it's brilliant casting to cast somebody who has literally been cast as like Pennywise. It. Yes. Like he, oh, he is the face of fear. Herring. Yes. And so brilliant. it's brilliant to cast him and then Justin Long, who's like goofy, rom-com guy, is also a villain. Like, that's just smart. Like, I actually love when movies, because casting can feel so formulaic now. Like, we know who ScarJo is going to be. We know who's Anne Hathaway yep. is going to be. So then every now and then when it's like, 
oh, and you're the villain. It, it's refreshing. The other thing that blew my mind was the way that they filmed the house. So there are moments where you just see Tess to the side and most of the shot is the house. So the house right. almost becomes this other character. Yes. Both. And we see the as house. As does Detroit as a whole. Detroit, Detroit as well. Detroit is a and character. And we see the house in the present 2022. And then it cuts back to like Reagan era's 1989. Yeah. And we see the house's changing of the time. And it becomes a character within itself. And so when you make, when a director a can make camera a camera lenses too. Oh mm. yeah, it's so creepy. And then when we're introduced to the final, like big main character, which is this man who's been kidnapping people and doing terrible things and keeping like video footage of them, which you don't see any of the video footage. You just see. Yes, thank you. Thank you for not showing yes, that. Yes, there's and, nothing still, like. It still was very effective. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you see just the label of like puker, red hair okay. woman at the gas station. <laughs> You're like, oh my goodness. So they're, yeah. the labels on the videos yeah. is like, this guy is sick. Sick, insane. Yeah. The the actual Barbarian. Yeah. Um, if you get a chance, please watch, watch barbarian. barbarian. If you can, if you got the stomach for it. If I you've seen it already, like, I mean, because it's not, it's not new, but if you've seen it already, like, let us know what you thought of the movie. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's one of my um, favorite movies. I thought Talk to Me was going to be the scariest movie I saw this year, but so far, Bar Barbarian is up there. That's why I can't sit and just watch Freddy Krueger, like, yeah, Freddy running Kruger the neighborhood is a little now. bit. I know it's a classic. Yeah. I know, I know, but it's just like the things it built, you know, on you know the suspense it built on is, um, yeah, yeah. Is Barbarian important. stands on the shoulders of Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street and all the other horror films, but like a movie like Barbarian are the types of horror films I want to see. Like I can't just watch like Saw anymore. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's a yeah. game. Like Barbarian is one of the, my favorite movies ever, and it, and it's all it's all about who is the real barbarian and it yeah. turns out to be the the person that actually almost kills Tess is the hot like Hollywood actor who's yeah. who's raped a woman. Yeah. And it's just a it's a perfect movie. It's a short film. Yeah. We we, we I never stay up for films tonight like and hour, I watch the whole hour thing. Hour and 30. Yeah. Insanity. Amber stayed up. Let's watch another one tonight. You know what? It was cool. After watching, I felt closer to you. I felt more intimate with you. Um, <laughs> After that horror film? Yeah. I was just yeah, like, wow, we, we connected. We connected in a way that uh, we hadn't connected that day, even though we'd been with each other all day. Yeah. So it was just, and I really thought I was going to get some that night, but you, you fell I can't asleep. give you none when I'm terrified. I was so wide awake. Actually, I didn't tell you this. I ate like two gummies. I was that, so fucking high. Before the movie or after? After the movie. I got so fucking high because I couldn't sleep. I was so terrified. So I got <laughs> high as shit and I journaled and then I was able to finally go to you sleep. You know me. They could have done a sleep study on me. They could. Oh, easily. I was Amber, not the fuck out. Amber goes to sleep so easily. I'm so <laughs> jealous. I, my mind was so stimulated. I can't wait to watch find another horror movie like that. I think we're going to watch titatium titatium it's about a titatium titanium. i don't know i don't know what we're trying to say anyway send us your horror, horror movies horror uh this halloween season and thank you so much for yes. listening to another episode of fly on the a wall a and, a and supporting our live show in new york city Bye. i hope it's going well i hope we haven't fell on our faces or missed our flight or something crazy like that um but if we did thank you for showing us so much love and we'll see y'all next week for the show uh, bye, bye y'all you know they're from tiktok because those laughs keep you coming because they're wildin' all the time before wild throws a tantrum they sing to our silly anthem because they're wildin' all the time don't swap why ever squats and does a dance to please a place and ben reads books while serving looks wild is wildin' all the time fly fly oh to be a Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.